The History Man with Terry Kringle. Hello. All that remains of Derby Castle today is the name. There is no longer the original castle. And there's no longer the ballroom and variety theatre next to it, which were the wonder of their day when they were built in the late 19th century. Along with the original castle, they were demolished in the 1960s to make way for the ill-fated Summerland complex. First, however, we turn our attention to the castellated building which gave the place its name. It was built in the last decade of the 1700s for the 7th Duke of Athol, Lord of Man. It was very likely a fishing lodge for himself and his guests, close to a seawater creek which is where the Manx Electric Railway tram sheds now stand on reclaimed land. In 1830 it had become a private residence. By this time the Isle of Man was making a name for itself as a place favoured by well-to-do visitors from across the water, and this is when a Victorian entrepreneur named Alfred Nelson Lawton came upon the scene. He was an, an ideas man and he foresaw the day when the island would be a mass-market holiday resort. In 1876 he bought Derby Castle and its extensive grounds. By now increasing numbers of visitors were pouring into the island, and he set about building at Derby Castle what he called the finest entertainment complex outside London. It was to consist of a magnificent ballroom adjoining a handsome variety theatre. The capital investment was the then huge sum of £4,000. Lawton also retained the Derby Castle itself as a licensed hotel, and this enabled people who dropped in there to have a few or more snifters before going on into the ballroom and the theatre to have more. Meanwhile, the island's visiting industry in general was continuing to expand rapidly. The palace ballroom and its associated theatre were built, as was the Vilmarina. They did not start out with liquor licences, and the situation at the Derby Castle complex gave Mr. Lawton and his business associates their considerable drink-based trading advantage. But there didn't seem to be any way of changing this situation at the time, and how Mr. Lawton managed to steer his way through it all I don't know. The palace and the villa did not manage to get liquor licences until the second half of the twentieth century, and even this wasn't achieved easily in the island's licensing courts. Now, many people in the island today, including the likes of me, will remember the Derby Castle's huge attraction of enabling us to go drinking as well as dancing in the ballroom in the summer. The carpets there were always somewhat sticky underfoot, and there was always a smell of drink in the air. As for the theatre, the whiff of a Victorian music hall was also present, notably with one of the great performers of her time, Florrie Ford, belting out Kelly from the Isle of Man, with the audience joining in with unbridled and somewhat bibulous enthusiasm. And this was not just in the visiting season. In the 1940s and 1950s, the Derby Castle was always the liveliest place for the traditional Manx Harvest home junket in the Isle of Man, at the end of the season, the Melia. Certainly the now lawful licence to drink helped the celebrations to move along into the new year. But come the 1960s, the Derby Castle complex was showing its age, and people's tastes were changing. All the buildings on the site were destined to be demolished to make way for Summerland, and now even that is long gone, 